Hi, hi everyone. Um, so I know I have been very inconsistent and have done a disappearing act, but um, yeah, I've promised myself that this year I will try to be more consistent with putting out more episodes. Um, and I also want to wish everyone a happy new year, although it is quite late. Um, but I just want everyone to know that I'm thinking of you and I hope you're all do- doing well. Um, I just wanted to kind of use this episode or this moment to kind of like vent or maybe kind of share my my own experiences with social anxiety and, you know, growing up with not knowing like why I was feeling the way that I did. Um, and I hope that maybe some of you may be able to relate to it or, you know, you understand what I'm feeling or what I felt growing up you know so I do remember growing up and being quite a quite a shy and quiet kid um I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up and I wonder if you know my kind of my personality may have played a part in why I grew up to become so socially anxious you know and people do say that social anxieties on a spectrum you know you have I guess maybe normal shyness and then it can become you know somewhat extreme and then it's at the other end where it's you know full-blown social anxiety so I would say that maybe I had a um you know I was more prone to being socially anxious because I was quite a shy kid myself. So I I think it started when I was like 12, 13, when I started secondary school in the UK. Um, And if you if you are a global listener, um, secondary school is like the equivalent to high school, basically. And um, yeah, I, I felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know. I didn't have a strong sense of identity. And I remember starting secondary school, wanting to fit in, wanting to join, you know, the more popular loud group because, you know, previously when I was at uh, primary school, um, I was quite shy, quite quiet. And I thought, you know, going to secondary school would be a perfect opportunity to recreate myself. So I I would say that... um, I think I spent a lot of my childhood trying to figure out who I was. Um, I never really had a strong sense of identity. But yeah, I think there was a point where I realised something wasn't right. But I, I didn't want to believe that I needed I needed help, you know. Um, I didn't think that there may, that I may need to seek support from somewhere. Like it'd be little things such as, you know, um, you know, being quite fearful of attending like our school assembly you know and and this is where like everyone all the school kids in our in our year group are there you know and obviously it was quite a large crowd so I think that was my the first I think experience where my social anxiety kind of showed itself um yeah so there would be moments where I would avoid going to assembly in the morning at school and I would hide. I'd hide in the bathroom or I would, you know, not come in, you know. Um, 
yeah, I just felt judged. I felt like people were watching me. I felt like, you know, I couldn't be myself. And that's quite sad to see. It's quite sad that I struggled that much to just exist. Um, And at that point, I think I did feel very uncomfortable in my skin, you know. Um, Yeah, even like little things, like I wouldn't say that I, you know, had a strong um, friendship group, you know. I felt like I didn't really fit in anywhere. So I, I was one of those one of those students who kind of did my own thing and was kind of a loner growing up. But um, I, I think in school as well, it was very cliquey. So everyone had their own groups. Um, and I felt like I could just occasionally slip in to each of these groups every now and then, you know, they're, you know, there were the quiet kids, the funny kids, you know, um, so there'd be moments where I would hang out with each of these groups, but I never really felt like I belonged, um, you know, and I think I just became very withdrawn and isolated during, you know, my school yet school years, like I wanted to be invisible, I didn't want to be seen, um, and I, I think also I was going through um, a few things personally where, you know, I grew up in an environment where it was quite volatile at home. You know, I had parents who were constantly fighting. And I think that also led me to withdraw further, further into myself. Um, and I think during that time, I felt like I could find solace in reading um, reading fiction and just kind of going into a different dimension, um, a different world, because I almost felt like this world that I was in right now, I didn't fit in, you know? Um, so I think that that was my early experience. And I think kind of growing up in the environment that I did may have contributed to me kind of wanting to withdraw a lot of the time. Um, you know, another thing as well is that, you know, I had, you know, I have a parent or a mum who is very kind of overprotective. So growing up, you know, um, it would be little things like she'd always want to know, you know, where we were after school. And she'd, she'd always try and make sure that we'd get home as soon as possible. Um, you know, I felt like I couldn't really speak to my mum about a lot of the things that were on my mind because, you know, of the background that we come from, you know, my, my parents are of, you know, are from, um, the continent of Africa, my mum, you know, has that kind of African upbringing where it was all about kind of doing well in school and there was almost a sense of control there where there was limits to what I could do. Um, And I think that also may have contributed a lot to my anxiety because I felt like I was living for my mum. I was living to impress her to please her and also kind of internalizing some of her own worries and concerns because um I've noticed as well that she is she is a worrier you know she'd worry where we are um if we if we'd go out you know um I I noticed that other kids for example you know were able to go out and not constantly have 
their parents or their mother constantly contacting them all the time and my mum would do that and I understand that you know you could say that's just a sign of a very caring attentive parent but I also think um you know energy doesn't lie and you can tell when something is coming from a place of fear and worry and when it's coming from a place of genuine genuine concern so I think growing up I felt like I internalized a lot of my mum's you know worries fears for us you know her level of strictness and also kind of just dealing with a very kind of volatile home environment where there was lots of arguing and fighting, you know. So I do wonder if these kind of factors really contributed in terms of making me quite socially anxious, you know. Um, You know, little things like I'd get teased. There were occasions where I got teased in school. Um, There was one occasion where I got teased in science class and um, I was unable to defend myself in that moment. And I remember being so humiliated by being like verbally taunted that I started to cry and no one actually came to my defense at that point. And I think that also contributed to me feeling, I don't know, even more withdrawn. You know, I I just never felt like I was at home around other people and at home within myself you know and even still to this day I feel like I'm trying to figure out who I am you know and I think that's like a a never-ending journey um as as a human being that you're still trying to find out who you are um but I I think that as time has gone by I'm starting to see like what I like what I don't like um you know, what I stand for and what I don't. And I think these things have really helped me to feel a little bit more confident, you know. Um, But anyway, going back to my time at school, um, I think, yeah, I, I generally just think that I was trying so hard to not be seen. Um, And I was always very worried, I think. I think I was very worried about looking anxious and appearing anxious. So, you know, there would be times where I'd be in assembly, for example, or there'd be loud crowds of students and I'd like I'd be shaking, you know, Um, like my heart would be racing. I couldn't couldn't sit still. I couldn't think straight. Um, And I think that created a very like a vicious cycle where, I didn't want to be around other people because I was fearful of looking anxious and it just creates this kind of horrible cycle where, you know, you end up isolating yourself from the thing that that actually may help you to get out of your shell. Um, So, yeah, I didn't really I didn't really see it that then. I didn't realise that that was what was happening. You know, Um, I think there was a point I I don't know if you if you would say it was a turning point um but I started to see that maybe something wasn't right because I'd come out of school and I realized a lot of the symptoms and feelings that I was having um were was affecting my day-to-day life it was affecting my ability to do my job properly to hold down a full-time job um you know for example 
I could feel like I remember working in a very um, service orientated role. So I was working with other people and my anxiety got so bad to a point whereby I would feel like I was dying. You know, I feel like I'd get the shakes. I would um, I, I would feel almost like I was having an outer body experience. Um, and I, I think it really affected my ability to do my job properly. It affected my ability to be consistent, you know. And I think for a long time, I beat myself up for the fact that I couldn't seem to I felt like I couldn't seem to do what many other normal people could do you know which is hold down a job you know go out to the supermarket anytime I wanted just really living life I felt like you know I couldn't do those normal things you know even you know the simple things such as going to the shops I I felt like I could only go at a certain time when it was less busy you know just to avoid the crowds um, I, I really felt like I was in prison, you know, um, and even to this day, occasionally it feels like I'm in prison, but I feel like I recognize, I recognize when I'm going down that path where it's starting to feel like hell and I'm starting to, to feel very nervous and uncomfortable within myself. Um, I feel like now I'm a little bit more compassionate about, you know, feeling anxious and nervous. Um, whereas in the past, I almost felt very ashamed that maybe other people could see and witness that, you know, that I was feeling, you know, nervous and on edge. Um, and I was trying to avoid many things. And I think one thing that I've learned is that, um, therapy and recovery is never really a linear process I think when we when we go through anxiety because it's so uncomfortable and debilitating and just it it feels so humiliating especially the physical symptoms you feel like everyone's judging you and watching you because you've you know you're sweating you're shaking you've got um, a racing mind you're on edge those are the things that I feel like maybe made me feel quite embarrassed um having anxiety and feeling anxious that I was willing to do anything just to get rid of those symptoms um so you know I do little things like you know google how to get rid of anxiety for good how to quickly get rid of anxiety you know I was willing to do anything to just be rid of it but then I realized that you know anxiety has never left me it's always been here but I think what has probably changed a little bit is not the fact that I no longer feel anxious because I, I still do. But I think my attitude to how I see my anxiety is so much more different compared to when I was a teenager where I didn't really understand why I was feeling the way that I did. And because of that, um, I would beat myself up. I'd beat myself up for not feeling what I thought um, being normal should look like or I beat myself up for not fitting in, um, for not being able to make friends easily, easily, not being able to put myself out there easily. I thought these were things that, you know, most people could do easily. 
But now I realise as I've become more aware of what anxiety is, I've studied it, I've become more in touch with the anxiety that I experience, that I've started to almost just take it in and let it go and realise that, you know, who cares if I, you know, shake or I get anxious or I feel a certain way that isn't my fault for feeling the way that I do, but how I respond to it and the coping strategies that I use to to heal myself from an anxiety attack is the most important thing that matters. You know, I I realise that a lot of the shame that we attach to having anxiety, especially if if your anxiety demonstrates itself physically, a lot of the shame associated with that, I think, comes with um, how we perceive other people will see that, you know, uh, you know, are people thinking less of us? Do they think we're weak? Do they think we, we um, are less than? And, and I think those are the thoughts that I had um, when I'd feel anxious, you know. But then I realised that, you know, if people are judging me, um, for having anxiety and for and perceiving me in that way, then you know that's that really says a lot about them than it does about me, and it says that well, those are people who I shouldn't really associate, you know, and I, I've come to learn that actually we're all dealing with our own battles, you know, um, and I think it made me feel less self conscious about dealing with anxiety. Um, but I don't want to go too much into depth because I feel like I've been in and out of, of you know, therapy so many different times. And all those different occasions, um, there's been like different triggers or there have been points where like I've reached a breaking point where I've struggled to do something that maybe other people find normal and I'm really feeling uncomfortable in my skin in that moment. Um, like I remember, for example, um, going out to this like social, this social group. Um, it was like a walking event. And I felt like my anxiety was making me feel like I was walking uncoordinated. Like I wasn't, I felt very self-conscious about the way that I was walking. And the fact that I felt like, I was walking really odd. So it would lead to me doing things like walking really slowly. And I noticed that other people around me were walking really fast. And I just felt like other people were watching me. They were noticing something was odd about me, even if that wasn't the case. But I think that was what my anxiety in that moment was telling me. And I think in that moment, I just remember um, going to my doctor, going to my doctor and just breaking down in tears, you know, just feeling really like, just feeling really empty and feeling really, feeling, I don't know how to explain it. I just felt, I I felt like I couldn't go any lower than that, you know? And I was looking back now, I almost feel a little bit embarrassed that I broke down to that extent in front of my doctor. But I knew then that I needed to seek therapy, not because of the way that I walked, but because of how my anxiety was playing up in a moment that should really have been fun and a moment that should have been 
where I've, I was being social and getting to know people. But in that moment, my anxiety took over and, and it made me feel like people were watching me, judging me, judging the way that I walk. And that's when I realized that I needed to actually seek therapy. Um, well, that was actually the third time that I seek therapy. Um, and yeah, so my doctor referred me to a, um, we, what we, have in the UK is called psychological well-being practitioners and they are mental health workers who um, work with people who have like mild to moderate anxiety depression um, and it's like an NHS treatment that's there to get um, you know majority of people who are dealing with common mental health illnesses treatment um, so yeah, that was very effective and helpful. Um, however, I could go into the disadvantages and some of the challenges associated with, you know, the service, but that could be for another, another episode. Um, so yes, that was my third time seeking treatment. I think as I started to feel better, that's when I discharged myself and, um, yeah, that then became a cycle, actually, a, a, a very dangerous cycle where I would seek treatment. I'd start to feel more confident and then I would discharge myself. And then over a longer period of time, I, you know, almost forget some of the strategies that I learned during my therapy sessions. And then I'd end up going down a, di- uh, a downward spiral. So that's when I realized that, um, you know, recovery isn't linear, you know, sometimes, you know, you feel like you're getting better, you're making progress. And then the next minute, it becomes so challenging to use what you've learned to change those thought processes, to change your behavior. And then you end up going back to old habits, you know, and and they say that, you know, old habits die hard, you know. Um, So yeah, for me, in that case, my habits were coming back again. Um, so I remember again going in for um, therapy the fourth time and I had such an amazing um, psychological well-being practitioner. Um, I'll just abbreviate it to PWP um, for now. And she was actually a counselling psychologist, but was working in in the NHS as a PWP. And all of the invaluable strategies I learned from her, like I learned, um, for example, to be aware of my environment. So we do like little activities where she would make me kind of just listen listen to the sounds on my left, listen to the sounds on my right, in front of me, behind me. And I started to realise that um, I was thinking less of how I felt and I was starting to think more externally. I I was starting to look externally out into the world rather than being so withdrawn and and being so self-aware of my of myself. So I felt like that exercise really brought me out of my shell. Another practical experiment we did, which was, you know, it was fun. It was hilarious, but it was also really eye opening. It really showed me how like how I was perceiving myself isn't necessarily how other people 
were perceiving me. So one of the biggest things I was really insecure about and self-conscious about was the way that I walked. Um, And I felt like people were judging me and they could see how uncoordinated I was. Um, So what we did, um, (laughs) uh, the PWP made us go out into a really busy shopping centre and what she did was she'd film me walking and then um, what we do after is we would look back at the video to see like how I actually walked and it turned out that how I actually walked wasn't as bad as what I thought in my head. Um, I realised that no one was actually really watching me or judging me And honestly, I came out of that shopping centre after our session feeling so confident. Um, Another thing we did as well during the session is um, she'd also film herself, but she'd filmed herself walking really funny. Um, So I kind of described to her at the start of our session how I perceived myself walking in my head. And then she kind of recreated that moment in the shopping mall so I had to film her walking um in the way that I thought I I saw myself walking so she walked really funnily and the whole aim of that experiment was to see like um you know are other people watching do they care are they judging and you know we, we filmed that moment we looked back at the video and it turned out that no one was actually really watching you know even though she was was walking in a very over-exaggerated manner no one really no one really cared so that was a very eye-opening moment for me um and there was many more kind of practical experiments that I was able to do with that therapist that I'm so grateful for and honestly till this day I feel like I've taken so much from that session it was like a real turning point for me because I started to see that no one really cares about how I look, how I behave, everyone is thinking of themselves. Um, But I could go into a little bit more about my experiences with therapy in a different um, episode. But um, yeah, so that was very eye-opening. And, you know, now that I'm here, I've taken a lot of those lessons from that therapy session and I've applied it to my life. So one thing that I found has really helped me is um, I know a lot of people say, oh, we're tired of hearing of the usual self-help strategies such as exercise, diet, meditation. But I will say that um, uh, exercising, meditating has really helped me to start off the way I intend to. So it's helped me to kind of create um, a calmness that helps me to kind of, you know, enter into social situations. Um, And then when I am in those social situations, and maybe I am feeling a little bit anxious, I find just kind of really focusing on one physical feature in my environment, whether that's really listening to you know, what someone else is saying, listening to the tone, listening to the pitch, how they're saying something, or like looking around me. Like if I'm walking out in the street and I'm starting to feel really self-conscious, I notice just kind of like lifting my head up and looking around me helps me 
to take the focus off of myself. And when the focus feels like it's off of myself, I start to feel less anxious. But um, of course, like anxiety never really leaves you. So there are moments where I do feel anxious and there's nothing I can really do about that apart from just kind of ride it out. It is kind of, it it does feel quite embarrassing when you feel like other people notice, but I've just learned to accept the fact that this is how I am, that my anxiety is, you know, a part of who I am and I can't change that, but I can learn to have a healthy relationship, you know, with my anxiety. So yeah, that's it for now. Um, You know, I felt like I could definitely have gone more into detail about a lot of things that I've experienced. But I think what I've mentioned earlier in the podcast episode are the things that I do remember from my, you know, my adolescent period and my early adulthood years. Those were the moments that I remembered that were significant to me and really stood out. Um, I'm sure as I wrap this up, there will be other moments or memories that may have, you know, that may come to me. And I think, oh, this actually may have been a reason why I felt anxious. But yeah, as for now, that is all that is all that I remember. Um, But yeah. Um, (laughs) I know as well that this may have sounded a little bit like I was rambling, but I think I also just wanted to get, make sense of my anxiety, the journey that I've had with my anxiety. Um, and I hope that maybe you're able to relate to aspects of my story. Um, and I hope that, you know, if you are feeling anxious, that you, you do get better and and I hope that you know it doesn't make you feel awful and yeah I hope that you're able to overcome your anxiety yeah